I'm Gary Winnick, the director of Letters to Juliet, and I'm sitting next to Amanda, the wonderful lead Amanda actress. Seyfried. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> and we went to Italy for four months to make Letters to Juliet, and I guess we'll start from the beginning, which is what we're watching is the title sequence, which we actually thought of after in the editing room, and it was just this idea to set up the tone and feel of the movie. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's a perfect incre- song. incredibly romantic. And the song was always tricky to find in these movies. And it's a Colby Collette song, uh, You Got Me. We developed this project three years ago. Caroline Kaplan and Ellen Barkin found this book, Secretaries of Juliet, of the Club Juliet. And these are secretaries, volunteers, and we'll talk about it a little more, but volunteers who write back letters that were sent or put on the wall to Juliet about love. Right, Amanda? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you ever written a letter? Uh, In response to a letter. In response to a letter? Once. Once? I mean, in my adult life. That's... God well, knows how many I wrote when I was a child. Exactly. Well, it's a very romantic idea, and Eric Feige at Summit and Patrick thought it was a, a really wonderful idea, but we needed a story. So we pitched it to writers, and Jose Rivera came back with the sort of the key to the story, which was a letter that was written 50 years ago and found 50 years later. So here's our opening shot, and it's basically, for me, telling a story. So it's once upon a time in a place called New York City. There was a girl, and there she is, Sophie, Amanda, and she's doing her job, which is a fact checker for The New Yorker. So we were trying to sort of reveal that slowly, and what she's doing right now is this famous picture, this Eisenstadt picture on V-Day, whether this kiss was spontaneous or posed. And so we're sort of getting her at work before she goes into the office. World War II was over. Oh, Poughkeepsie, all right. Right, thank you so much. Yes, the moment... And now here's an opportunity to put my friends in the movie. So that's Davin and Trinity, buying a pretzel right behind Amanda. Cute. (laughs) And it's always hard shooting in New York, obviously, because all these people can't be extras, so we just try to stage it in a way and go enough times where we can use the takes and people aren't looking in the cameras or screaming at us. And it worked out pretty well, even though it was a pretty busy day. We had to voice over. Oh, yeah, we had, yeah, a lot of times. A lot of times the noise. So it's really difficult for the actor, so Amanda had to ADR a lot of this movie. That's my handwriting. (laughs) And that is actually the spot where the photo was taken. And obviously it's a lot different than the 40s because it's, you know, gentrified and, and built up like a, like a mall. But it is still Times Square. And that's supposed to be a New Yorker cover. <laughs> and this scene was shot after we did the shoot, even though it was obviously written before. So we shot the Italy portion and the New York portion. But meanwhile, this is the beginning of the movie. So I think Amanda had a pretty good sense of where your character was because we now had shot the whole thing. Yeah, we'd gone on that journey. Yes, we have. <laughs> that journey. It's because I need to know you're sure. I'm 100%. And this is Oliver Platt, a wonderful actor I went to college with, and finally I get to work with him. It just was a day's worth of work, but, you know, two very important scenes that kind of, well, I won't give the movie away, but the scene comes later at the end of the movie, which is the payoff to this scene, actually. So you love, isn't it? 
And we had to ADR this too, right, Amanda? Yep. yep. So. The sound found us. Thinking, what if while I'm there, I write? But you're such a good fact checker. Have a great trip. Thank you. The other thing you should know is that we had such a short period of shooting in New York to try to get all of the office stuff and the restaurant stuff, which is the next scene, was really tough. So it was really great that Amanda and this is Marcia DeBonis, who I work with all the time, is a great actor, <laughs> actress, and spot her in a Gary Winnick movie. That's right. It's so fun. She's my lucky charm. And then this we actually shot later on in December. Or yeah, it was Ooh. like about 20 degrees maybe. So mm -hmm. you can notice Amanda's mouth. There's a little maybe smoke coming out. And this was shot in the summer, so, you know, kind of went back and forth, but I wanted to add more to Amanda's character coming out of the office. The restaurant is done in three stages. He's about to open it in six weeks, so there's the building stage, and then there's a little further on, and then there's the stage when the restaurant is completed. This is... Oh, Gael. This is Gael, who's the most amazing actor who started out with all these foreign films and then actually is now just starting to do American films. They're engaged, and it was very important because Gael's character isn't in the movie that much that, and in the typical romantic comedy sense, that it's usually, you know, girls with a guy, and then girl finds another guy and has to dump the original guy. And this is Gael's character, the one at the end of the movie she's going to break up with, but we really have to feel that they could easily be together. Speaking, I think I'm creating a masterpiece. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I mean, there's one, there's one that, I, that just came out perfect right now, Thicker? which is, um, you know, I think it's this one. I think it's this. Uh, try it, try it. Even though it's dry, try it. Can I just say something? What? We're leaving in 12 hours, and you haven't packed for Verona. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, yeah. Can yeah, you get this out? Away. No, no. Can we talk about the doodles for one second? Yes, let's talk about the doodles. Most of those noodles aren't really noodles. They're that's rubber bands. That's movie making. That's yeah. rubber bands. But they're not enough to shoot at people, so... I, I still find rubber bands in remote places. Really? Yeah, just because of you. Oh, and right. rubber band fetish. Yes, I do. I do happen to take rubber bands and place them in very discreet places. This is Verona, by the way. <laughs> places? This is Verona. <laughs> and this is this, that Piazza Erbe, and this is the bridge. Oh, and beautiful. And that's the um, arena behind that it. That was our first shot of the movie. That was the first shot of the movie. And we wanted to just get a sense of Sophia just walking around and taking in and obviously her being thrilled to be here and excited. And then we find out that Gael sort of, as much as he's trying to be romantic, he's preoccupied and self-absorbed with opening his restaurant. So it immediately becomes clear that, you know, he's not going to be able to spend the time with Amanda, but yet we want to feel like they're a couple and that Amanda would easily be with this guy, right? Yeah. Every one of my suppliers. We're starting off with the oldest and most beautiful vineyard in all of Veneto. God, that city was really happy to have us. I mean, there were people everywhere waiting for pictures and yeah. just to try to catch a glimpse of the film set. It was amazing. Well, I mean, I think in Italy, the whole film industry revolves around Rome and our crew. We had 137 crew people and uh, 125 of them were from Rome. So really, you know, I guess coming to Verona is, you know, a nice change for them, but also a big thing for the city. <laughs> and as you can see, it's so incredibly beautiful and uh, there's really hard not to photograph, uh, have a bad shot here because uh, Italy is just a very beautiful, beautiful place. And this isn't even Tuscany where we're gonna go later in the film where Everyone talks about it as Tuscany as being the most beautiful place in Italy, and it 
definitely. That was not real wine. What was that? It was grape juice, I believe. Oh, okay. Mm. This is good. It's a fresh flower. And this is a little montage sequence where Gael and Amanda are going on this little adventure. And the idea is throughout this adventure that it doesn't become as fun and she's not sort of as happy to sort of spend the time with Victor right now as that Victor would think that, of course, she would want to come with me, whatever I'm doing. So, you know, going to, I guess, the wine and the olives and the cheese and... After a while, it just becomes more of a what, a chore maybe, or a responsibility, as opposed to this is a fun thing to do in Italy. Sophie, this is beautiful. This is incredible. The smell. So he's just so obsessed, the character, with right. his work and his cheese and bread and wine. And, but do you feel like the relationship, like you could be with this, someone who's that? It's pa passion, it's beautiful, okay. it's a beautiful thing, but if the passion is not for you, right. then of course that's a problem. Right. This, for example, um, was all 80 yard because as you can see the gravel on the ground, is, there was this unusable sound, and also this was shot at a completely different location, so it was shot probably weeks after we shot the first part of it, so that's always difficult for you guys to kind of pick up where you left off because it's interrupting the scene. 20 kilometers to see, to see a mushroom. Uh, it's not a mushroom, okay? It's a truffle, it's a... I think we were just about to eat <laughs> ice cream. You know, the ice cream cart. Oh, the Sienna scene? What do you mean, the ice cream cart? No, I mean, every day we got ice cream. Oh, I see, right. <laughs> From the craft guys. Well, and then there is Gelato Madness, which is Italy's famous for it. Coffee uh, gelato. Yep. A winning fave. Yep. With panna. Panna is the only thing I learned mm. in Italy. That means whipped cream in the. Isn't in it Italian. sad? Four months in Italy and <laughs> not a word. <laughs> okay, so this is an, actually fascinating because one of the biggest tourist attractions in Verona is Juliet's courtyard because the idea is that Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet and it's the fair city where Romeo and Juliet are from. So this is Juliet's courtyard, the main tourist attraction, and they closed it down for us, which has never been done. And Stuart Wurzel. This amazing production designer who I'm so lucky to get to work with transformed the courtyard. Basically, the balcony is always there, as you see, but this used to be white walls on both sides with all these notes and people graffiti. Stuart built this wall right here and put the letters there and, you know, just made it something that feels romantic. And that's the statue. And the statue, what do they do with the statue, Amanda? They touch her left breast. And why do they do that? For good luck. Oh, OK. See, actually, Amanda stayed in the court. There was a hotel. That is the ho yeah, yeah, actually, that so was we, my home. So you got to see Monday. that. And so we got two days in here, because they wouldn't close it. And we had one day to dress it. So we had four days we closed it, which was a big deal for them. So some... I'm an idiot. Right breast. Sorry. Keep going. Are you sure? Right, yeah. OK. Well, it could be good luck either one. <laughs> Are you okay? For me, the work in here is not up to some of the other movie because we were clearly rushed and there were a lot of people to deal with. I mean, you know, the extras were in this contained area which we had to sort of make sure we matched them all four days, basically. 
And so this is the scene where Sophie discovers kind of what one of the secretaries is doing. And ideally, we were trying to develop a relationship between these two. In these type of movies, you usually kind of have the best friend. And the Sophie character, because she's in Italy alone, didn't really have the best friend. So Isabella was sort of drawn out to be developed that way. But then I guess the more we started shooting and then in the cutting room, Isabella became less of the best friend supporting character. And those are the only couple of scenes we actually took out in the movie were some of the scenes with uh, Amanda and Louisa. Didn't know that. This actually is a completely abandoned space. And Stuart Wurzel made a restaurant. He made it the secretary's restaurant with the office above, and he built this whole thing. And, you know, it's so wonderfully beautiful, but it feels very authentic as well, thanks to Stuart. So this is all built, and the stairs were built, and they're going up to the secretary's office, which was in a completely different location. So we just had to sort of take from this, this book, which is what Caroline Kaplan, Ellen Bark, and the producers optioned, information there to come up with what we thought the office would look like. Let's talk a little about the casting. Everyone was cast out of Italy except for basically Chris Egan, Amanda Gael, and Vanessa Redgrave, and then the rest were all cast out of Rome. Uh, Patrizia Kruger, who is this wonderful casting director. And so all of these women you'll meet in the secretaries are all well-known, famous yeah. Italian. <laughs> like, Funny com comedians. Yeah, I think the big TV stars. Stage actors, too. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was very tricky with the language barrier and then also they're from the TV world and the stage world, which is a very, I think, very a lot broader than the film world that I'm used to. Looking out the window there is a completely different sheet. Is that not like taking pennies from a wishing well? How else can we give them answers? Oh my God, so you write all of them back? Yes. You're all Juliet. Actually, I think Louisa, one of the older women, didn't speak a word of English. Right, Angelina. So it was really, that was, she plays Angelina. It was yeah. amazing to try to Right, so that's Lydia, and her English was pretty good, but yeah, sure again, you know, when you're talking fast, like I tend to do, it's, uh, she kind of couldn't understand me. That's Marina, uh, who plays Francesca, and Marlena, who plays Donatella. And Louisa. And Louisa will meet in a second. Oh, and Louisa, who plays Isabella, and then the Louisa, who plays her mom, is coming up in a second. Isabella answers the ones you can bear. And you know, these letters that you read, if you know the language, but basically they were all kind of made up and, and tried to make it as authentic as possible. Oh, my mother. Would you like to say for dinner, Sophie? And then here's the kitchen that was completely made, and that's Louisa. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Always fresh pasta being served on set, whether it was on set food or catering. That's right. Unbelievable. But each region has a different dish. I mean, and I think part of Verona was horse, horse meat. Yes, oh yeah, yeah. Which, horse ragu, I think was one of the... Did, the, you, um, did you have any? I did try some, but also oh, Verona right. risotto. Right, which actually we use in a later scene because that's their specialty. So each region has sort of a specialty and actually a type of meat or whatever their kind of region 
gives you, and also wine as well. And this is the Valpolicelli uh, area. Take some dessert for you and your fiancé. It's so funny, no, I was saying after this movie, after we shot this, I, I seem to know so much more about wine and people come to me to choose the right, wine right. for dinner. It's amazing. No, it's like after Alexander painted sideways. I mean, you know, sort of when you sort of do something that's specific to, yeah. to the region, all of a sudden you're, you're supposed to be the expert. I pretend to be. Mm, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, how, how was Verona? How was it? Without me. Empty, half empty, completely empty. This is the scene where they stay, the hotel room, and again, this was someone's house, uh, and they actually had a family there, and they were very, very thrilled to see Amanda, which is nice, because, you know, I guess in Italy, you don't think that there's a lot of movies going on in terms of people watching them, but they saw our movies, which was nice. Yeah. All these people, these brokenhearted women all over the world come, and they... This hotel room is really almost too good to be true. Yeah, but it was their living room. Oh, you didn't know that? That was their no. living room. And remember the little girl in the back, you know, like further in the to his right was oh, there. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They really did shift that around. And actually, what's wonderful, which of course is very specific to Europe, is just things are thousands of years old. So even the walls there, you know, I think we painted some of them, but you can't deny how unbelievably authentic and beautiful and, and you know they were stored in the right way yeah you do feel like you're a part of something there oh my god this is great try this try this you have to try this oh my god no but give it a good bite come on so now we're back in the restaurant and basically we didn't have much time to shoot so marco pontecorvo the dp came up with a actually he said i'm gonna do it the tv way and basically we only shot two sides which is kind of strange when you have three directions because there's three characters but Marco was able to make it look wonderful and also feel like it was we weren't shooting TV <laughs> that guy knows, knows what he's doing now, and we also sure. made the choice to shoot 235 which is he felt because it's so scenic because it's a road movie that we should shoot with widescreen so which is a little tougher to compose because for me you can't get a wide enough shot in a small space because it's very horizontal. Wow. Two, three, five, as opposed to what normally would be. It's 16.9. So right now when you see it, how basically it feels like a strip, there'd, yeah. there'd be less black on the bottom and less black on the top. And right. that's what I was used to. And then you, you would get a wider shot. So it was really hard to get wider shots when we're in small spaces like this. Of course. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time when we were shooting. This was a two, three, five. Right, we didn't. We kept that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> the whole two, three, five. Secret. He's so funny, Gael yeah. as Victor in these scenes. And I think Gael adds that energy that I think a lot of times for me, and as we watch it or as I make films, the beginnings are always tough. So when you have a beginning where you have a lot of energy, it feels like it moves faster until you get the story. Yeah. See, that's. That's me. I insisted. He... This is not a post office, so we <laughs> put these boxes here. And then there was a scene that followed this with Sophia and Louisa overlooking the city. Oh, no, yeah. Remember that? Drinking the wine and... Oof. And here we are at the wall. We were kind of rushed, but we knew how important the scene was, so luckily we sort of had such a wonderful crew, and Chris Carreras, the AD really kind of sometimes would sort of 
let's say, okay, we have this amount of time and think it through for me in so many ways beyond the scheduling, but with story and with what we needed for the background. So this is where Amanda finds the letter. So we obviously had to make that part of the wall. And then this is the letter that was written 50 years ago. So it has to be aged. And there was actually an address, as you see right here, that actually we had to change, actually in post, which you don't see, but we didn't have the rights to that address. Oh, we had the rights to that address, but it couldn't be used legally or something. I didn't go to Lorenzo. His eyes were so full of... This location, which is the secretary's office, we had some good and bad luck, mostly bad luck, because the weather would change on us all the time. Oh, yeah, weird. (laughs) So for Amanda, but especially just in general, it threw everything off because we'd be shooting one side, which is like now, but then the side when you're by the window, we couldn't shoot now and stuff like that. And it's just, again, I guess it's part of filmmaking, but it's sometimes you... It was, I think, the most frustrating when we were shooting in this, in this spot. Right. Even though it was one of those locations that there were other rooms and you could sort of spread out, but for some reason we didn't have good luck in here. She came back to find a one through love. And they had ten children and still make passionate love every night. So the secretaries, there was a little more that we took out, but just, you know, it was finding that balance of, you know, we wanted to give the secretaries flavor and character in a way, but then, you know, it started to take away from the the main story, which was obviously Amanda uh, finding this letter and wanting to know if she's going to write back or what the next thing that her character was going to do. Isabella, I have to write back. This next sequence, which was the writing of the letter, I wanted it to feel very poetic. I wanted to actually sort of explore things with the camera, and we had that, but unfortunately, when we actually edited it together, it felt like we were spending too much time on the sort of the lyricism of it and not enough time on the narrative part of it, which is actually Amanda being able to write it and then mail it and and sort of have this wonderful experience as a writer. lapses. Right. You know, unfortunately for me, I didn't have enough time to prepare because the movie came together so quickly, which was so great because... Because of Big Love, basically. Right, because as soon as Amanda (laughs) Amanda had an out that she had to get back to do Big Love, so, you know, there we were thrust into Italy and then sort of getting everything together and figuring out that Verona would let us shoot there. Usually I'm able to prepare better with, especially as uh, with transitions, being able to sort of uh, storyboard them out and plot them out and a lot of this unfortunately I was sort of just going by instinct and sometimes it worked out. It's never perfect but I've had other experiences where it feels like just a little more preparation goes a long way and that's probably movie making specifically. Yeah. This is the letter that Claire wrote, but the letter that Amanda writes to Claire now, in the speech at the end, she says, with love, Juliet. But we didn't write with love, Juliet. We wrote love, Juliet. So we kind of had to... No. (laughs) So how did you... We didn't have you write the L kind of thing. So so basically, because we didn't want to get 
people on the internet to go, come after us. Uh, you know what? They can just they can just uh, chill out. Well, in a weird way, and we didn't want people to read the letter too much. We wanted the letter to be saved for Vanessa to read it, for Claire to read it. Right. So it actually worked out. It's just, you know. Very instinctive, you know, she cooks without recipes. I mean, she's incredible. She's invited me to cook again. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think I can learn a lot from her. Um, but, um, uh, um, oh, no, no, you, you. And here's another thing that we realized after we shot it, that Amanda's so excited here, but she never actually says that there was a letter written 50 years ago and she got to write it back and all of this stuff. So we figured out a way in the editing room to kind of have Amanda re-record that. What are we thinking on the day when we're shooting? (laughs) Because you're shooting and the scene is working because these are great actors and, and, you know, you're really entertained and you're realizing, really, for me, the main part of the scene is for that Gael has to go and is abandoning Amanda once again. And that's really what I got. But obviously there were other things going on in the scene and... And the one about that it was a letter written 50 years ago seemed to escape me. But we were able to fix it with ADR. So. Right, okay. Now I see. Yes. To a wine auction in the war now? Yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> you left out a joke, I remember. <laughs> what was that? I was, I, at <laughs> one point, I said Livorno, and Gael would repeat and say, yes, Livorno. Because I wasn't, because he's just such a stickler about that. And right. I thought that was funny. But it, it's funny because it. Gael's, it's funny, but then some people thought it was obnoxious. <laughs> well, that's the point. <laughs> I know, but, you know, you want to make it feel like you guys are a couple that will, you know. <laughs> it's got to be believable, I understand. So this is Piazza Arabe, and that was a time lapse. We did a whole time lapse of it turning to morning, but it didn't really give us anything. And that was a shot we took from the end of the movie. Right. So Cool. Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing about editing, which is you really get a chance to tell the story again, and, and now that it's in front of you, uh, you actually realize how much it changes from the actual script. It evolves. God, yeah, editing's half of it. Yes. See? Do it. Excuse me. Okay, this is Chris Egan's introduction. Hello, Chris Egan. And, you know, Charlie's introduction, you know, it's always important for me, character introduction, so this idea that he comes into the room and then sort of walks to a closer shot. This was uh, one of the days, during the days of the secretary shooting, so this was what Amanda and I were talking about, where it's raining right here, that window shot, so we had to not have Amanda walk around. We had to do it in, you know, hours apart and then cut, so it's not the most elegant piece of storytelling, but we we got around it. I was thinking that she deserved an answer. Yeah, 50 years ago, maybe, not now. And this was also a scene which was a fine line between Charlie has to come in really as a misdirect. Hi, I'm here. What a nice letter. And then say, how could you do this? And Chris does it wonderfully. But unfortunately, audiences, as we did previews, felt like Chris was a little too mean. So we, we held back on some, okay. you know, and it ended up this, which is went back to the original. But it was interesting how it, how, uh, you know. <laughs> the way he walks. <laughs> His feet are so big. Excuse me. Sorry. So these, this is just two steady cam shots back and forth, and you know, it, always it works wonderfully because it's Sophie's point of view and then Charlie's point of view, and that's basically, you know, just you do it and you do it in different image sizes, and then that's the scene. So it was so difficult for me to say the word awesome. Let me just share. Oh my God! And awesome. 
because of I had to say it because of you know to for his right, reaction. For him to say it, right. But it was so hard. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I only really ever write that word. I don't think I ever say it. Right. Well, sometimes it's one of those words where you say enough and it doesn't even sound like a word anymore because it yeah. doesn't. I have that with letter, 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 letter. 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 Because um, it's one of the words in the title. Well, just that word after you say it. Letter, 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 letter. So this is, uh, you know, we made, which is what you do, you make a geography of your world of the movies. So our world of the movie is we had the secretary's restaurant. You got to go through the alleyway and then across the street and you end up in the courtyard. Wow, my hips look big. <laughs> no, they don't. The thing is, it's so crazy about that, is that I don't actually have any hips. I know, it is crazy. But the skirt well, makes me look like I do. Well, maybe we shouldn't have shot two, three, five. It's the hip, it's the hip, it's the hip format. It's the hip widener. <laughs> it's the hip widener. So this is Claire's introduction, and again, very important introduction. So in a wide shot, her not looking at us, and then she turns towards us. Uh, excuse me, Claire? Hi. Another thing, I'm sorry I'm talking so much as a filmmaker, but it's very much on my mind as I relook at this, which is when you have a, this, you have three people, but yet one has to be in the middle, so it's very hard to shoot it, so we chose to have Amanda in the middle, so Chris and Claire are on left and right, but yet screen direction becomes off when you shoot the other side, so it's kind of one of those things I learned in a Law & Order episode, because they do that a lot, how to cover it. <laughs> Law & Order is... Well, that's, they always order. have it. The cops come over to the guy, you know, we want to talk course, to you for a second. Of two on one. <laughs> exactly. It uh, seems a little churlish not to meet the woman responsible for this voyage of lunacy. Charlie doesn't... So, again, the courtyard, which we've got to obviously have all the tourists stand on the other side so they wouldn't block our shots. And this was also, we wanted to try to get in a nice light for Claire's introduction, which, you know, we were able to supplement it with lights, but in terms of the time of day, it didn't work out perfectly. Okay, this is Verona at night, and then this is the scene where Claire tells her story, and actually Vanessa, you know, obviously Vanessa... Did she just use her middle finger to scratch her head? <laughs> I thought that was a ring finger. Oh, maybe it is. Uh, no, I'm just joking. So Vanessa actually had rewritten this scene, which, you know, was similar to where the scene that was scripted, but yet she added elements to it that for her character to sort of give it some history and also to sort of then be able to build the Lorenzo search. And so that worked out really well. But I got exams back in England, and my parents have never agreed, and I got scared. And... I ran away. This scene was cut a lot in different ways, only because when you do a restaurant scene and you have so many people at a table, there's a lot of coverage, and so there's a lot of options. And so we finally found a Bill Panko, a wonderful, wonderful editor who I got to work with years ago, who recut a movie. Years later, I'm working with him again, and he's Brian De Palma's editor. So the fact that I'm even in the same, you know, company is is Brian De Palma's kind of amazing. And actually, the studio, luckily believed in Bill and me enough to let Bill do it because they just said, well, Brian De Palma doesn't make romantic movies. Well, you know, it doesn't get any more romantic than Scarface. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, first you get the 
Al Pacino. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the... No. That doesn't get any more romantic than that. Anyway. Then you get the what? <laughs> uh, our movie's only rated G, so I can't It's say. not rated G. It is, I think. It's rated actually. PG. I don't know about that. No, PG, not PG-13. Yeah, it's yeah, rated yeah. PG. Okay. Yeah, PG. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. Um, so here's the goodbyes and obviously Amanda's decision to actually follow. We have shot that, but then when we start to cut it and see what Amanda's doing in this next shot, you start to realize that what's going on there, this idea that the audience is more sort of interested in sort of going along there and we don't have to see her move. And then when she appears here, it feels it feels more like a, the hero kind of taking an Perfect. action. We were actually going to shoot this outside, but right. we ended up going kind of in through a building because of a rainstorm right. just kind of hit us. Yeah, we were going to shoot it right by the restaurant. When they walk away from the table, she was going to run after it. And then, of course, it would have been great to, to sort of tie it in. But actually, maybe location-wise, it didn't work out better. But character-wise, it worked out better, the idea that... And it also worked out great on the day because it was our first kind of night shoot. And I was so desperately tired that when we wrapped early because of the rain, right. I was just right. so relieved. Right. Yeah, because that was the <laughs> Most thing. Most of us were. You're right. We, st we were waiting for the rain at 2 in the morning, and we had to, like, 4 until it got light again, and we just called it. I'm not a journalist. I would like to be someday, but... And you think Grand Story is your ticket? I think it's a story worth telling. I'd love to have you. And again, you know, dealing with the three people and how we cover that. And actually, this one, I think, is a little bit more successful only because it is. I thought that the courtyard scene was very successful. Oh, good. Good, good. I was very concerned because it was a Vanessa's introduction. So here's the journey. We have some of the most amazing car shots ever because we're going to Tuscany. And we had Second Unit being able to shoot car stuff. And we shot some car stuff. But... Then, as you cut, you realize there's just too much car stuff and not enough character stuff. So, we added some of this in the rearview mirror thing. We actually did a reshoot to be able to add some more of the rearview mirror because it's a very tricky balance to try to oh, get we this. We did do reshoot. Right. To get this idea of Chris and Amanda being able to sort of start a relationship but have it start far enough apart, which is, you know, why are you in this car, to where basically by the end of the movie they want to be with one another. So, the mirror shot kind of gives it away a little bit, but yet it also helps us with the This place of... is unbelievable. This was the location that we had to use. We had a beautiful, beautiful location, but because of our schedule and because of the cemetery scene, we had to shoot it right across the street from the cemetery. So this is our worst location in our movie. So <laughs> this just goes to show <laughs> Seriously? you. Seriously? Yeah. My God, it's beautiful. There's a huge vista. It's, it's stunning. It's, it's amazing. So it's, it's just... Uh, you know, this idea of being able to film in Tuscany, and the light is so spectacular. Is that Chris Egan's butt crack? Uh, I can't. I'm, I wasn't looking at I was more looking at uh, you and Vanessa. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but come on. Look right there. Oh. Are his pants not on, right? I think it's, I think. No, maybe that would be his underwear. I don't know. Okay, well. Or maybe it's his pants. I think it's a visual effect. How did that get in there? Oh, no, it's definitely the sun reflecting off of his okay. pants. Well, that's clearly not what I meant. Charlie's just like my husband. So this actually is one of the biggest dialogue scenes in the movie. So Claire talks about her husband, and you talk about your boyfriend and your mom. And it's, you know, it's one of the nicest scenes in the film, but yet the last location we found, which we were really unhappy with, and also a scene that 
became really stagnant because of the way it laid out, meaning Vanessa in one spot, you in the other, and not much movement. Um, but it, cause, because of the acting, it's, it's so wonderful, actually. So. You too. Both of you. Both of you. Look, I, if Amanda wasn't here, I'd say it, but I guess I have to say it here. I mean, I've been really fortunate to work with some wonderful actors, and just Amanda is so incredibly natural and real that it's just very easy for me. And so then it's just a question of Thanks, Gary. if Amanda is... Thank you, uh, Big Pants. <laughs> you're welcome. I do want to mention I wear these khaki pants that uh, have uh, given me the nickname as Mr. Big Pants. That's all you're going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, dear. God, it is a long scene. <laughs> yeah. No, it really, and it's one take, and that's the other thing. It's just a two-shot pushing in, because I felt I didn't want to break that up, and I think we did it in three or four takes. We wow. were fine. So here again, driving to Lorenzo, which it's a road movie, so how many shots of the driving, and this took a long time. This is a point-of-view shot that we actually, one of the few that we were able to get at the right location. And this is the first Lorenzo, which of course is very, very important, and we had to draw it out in a big way in terms of stretching the scene out for the drama. And uh, for some reason, it just became very difficult and wasn't one of our smooth days, let's put it that way. How do you want to go about this? Bring the doorbell. This guy's another famous yeah. Italian actor. I think he's a nine, too, actually. We were able to get, you know, again, because like what Amanda said earlier, this idea of shooting in Verona and Tuscany and shooting a, an American film, we were able to get these wonderful actors. But it's different. They don't have SAG over there. So there's certain things about their quotes and everything. And not like we weren't able to pay them, but just for whatever reason, sometimes it became popular. But we also had the idea, fact to say that we, you know, you get to work with Vanessa Redgrave. And we were able to get, I think there was only one actor we had a conflict. I mean, you know, we had seven Lorenzos to cast, so we had seven actors that... Seven? Uh, Did they all make it into the movie? Yep. yep. Cool. See? So here we had to deal with the subtitle issue because, you know, does this Lorenzo speak English or not? And clearly in the script there's a whole section that comes right now where he has this little comic beat about he was married before and all of this. So we knew he spoke English, but yet when he answered the door, there was no English. So what is he just break out into English? So we were able to find a little piece of a take where he says, it's me. <laughs> and so that justifies him being able to speak English later on in the scene. Are you sure? It's not his eyes. And then here's a, a moment where, you know, for Vanessa, we really wanted to build up the possibility but yet, Vanessa in rehearsals talked about how she really felt like once it wasn't the Lorenzo, that it wasn't going to emotionally build on her character, where she just felt that it was becoming more and more hopeless. So we had to kind of, from an audience's point of view, work it out as each Lorenzo she'd see to try to make it feel like it was building to a point where there was disappointment coming. But this is the first one, so we can have them have a laugh, as you can hear and see. Why you bring up such a horrible memory? Well, that went well. Can't say we didn't try, Nana. Sorry, truly. 
And this was a Mark Canton, one of the producers, famous request, which was have him give the finger, and it became a huge laugh. So definitely. Wow, really? Cantoni? Yeah, Mark came through right there. Because, you know, my sensibility is to always keep it real. But yet, you know, in these comedies, you really want to sort of push a little to, to, to get the laughs. And that was, a, that was a very good suggestion. Oh, Egan and the towel. Exactly. So this is uh, the hotel, the Borgo Scarpetto, where actually a lot of, uh, well, where we stayed for two weeks. So we were very familiar with this pool. I'd go back there. It's so amazing. It was beautiful, actually. I mean, even though the menu, in terms of our eating, there wasn't much to, there wasn't many choices. Felt no, like the I same mean they were they were all really good, but yes. it, of it was course the same varieties. five things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find things, and through process of elimination. So this is uh, the pool scene where basically the idea that Vanessa is starting to sort of I don't want to say orchestrate, but sort of to be able to sort of say, oh wow, you know, can these two uh, end up together in a way? And so this is her having fun, and you know. Uh, the comedy, Vanessa, like, here's a really wonderful moment that gets the people laugh about. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's not only drama here, there's, there's some comedy. So this idea that, you know, Vanessa sort of sees, sees this and the relationship that's happening between Sophie and, and uh, Claire is obviously a big part of our movie. All right, are you, are you sure? Hopefully this is clear, but the idea is you know, whenever you do a movie where you're on a search or a, or a heist movie, you know, you have to know the plan. So this is our scene where we're sort of laying out the plan. But then, of course, you lay out the plan, which is Amanda making this circle, which would be like 80-kilometer region, and that's how many Lorenzos they have to see. Then you have to sort of follow through the plan, and I didn't want the audience to say, oh, no, okay, that's Lorenzo number five. Now we got to go to six. Oh, there's 12 left. I mean, and so it started out that way, but hopefully where we ended up in the movie, which is we were able to sort of feel like we were crossing out the Lorenzos, but yet it wasn't where the audience was saying, okay, there's four more to go, kind of thing. And this is where the secretary's office is, right around the corner there, so it's the same location. This is Victor. Actually, people hate Victor from this scene. I don't know why, because he's just so wonderful and funny. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, it's it's a movie. And there was more to the scene, actually, with Victor, where a girl walks by and he gives, he throws her the eye and stuff. So we cut that out because it felt like, you know, why sort of tip the hand and also, uh, you know, we wanted to really keep the focus on Amanda. Wasn't there an umbrella in that table? Yeah, but it's below. What? See, it's two, three, five, so right below it. If you look at the, the very top, you, you can see the pulse. Oh, yeah, you okay. can see the pulse still. But yeah, you're right. It looks like it just disappeared. Yeah, it's annoying a little bit sometimes the way framing takes away things, but it's still there. I think you'll see it now. Well, do you see it hanging down? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, there you do. There yeah. we go. The wind is blowing. Yeah. So we had a little more to this scene in terms of the journey. I have my boobs here. Uh, incredibly beautiful. Anyway, so originally there was a restaurant scene which we moved now later, and we went right on the journey. Right. And so this is kind of where the editing comes in, where you're restructuring these Lorenzos because we don't have to sort of stick to an order. When you have a road movie, there is a little leeway there. This shot was the hand double. Uh, This is our second Lorenzo, 
Angelo Infante from The Godfather. The first Lorenzo was uh, Remo Ramati, and he was just a nine, actually. <laughs> oh my okay. Okay. Hey. Amanda. Yeah. You have any? What was going on there? Remember, you didn't want to do something here. Remember, I said to give each other a look and stuff, and I just said no. No. Which is how. And and the film's better for it. Yeah. This is Lake Garda, uh, Lorenzo number three, and we were trying to get some comedy in the uh, in the movie here, so. Amanda. That three shot is comedy enough, actually, for the whole scene. <laughs> and, you know, obviously this idea that he's wearing a Speedo and he's a total womanizer. Uh, so we didn't really have a script here. We tried to sort of do it with the visuals and the looks. We don't and... have a script, Gary. Yes, but we don't. This shot actually was something we just stole again, trying to fit it in somewhere in the schedule, and it's basically near the uh, near the rest stop, and it works out really well. And now the count, and the count is Sean Connery. Is Sean Connery also Fabio Testi, and you know, it kind of was a scene that we knew had to sort of contrast the other Lorenzos. And we also at this location. We had the cheese caves, right? right? We had and the, the cheese cave the and, the fir- and the first Lorenzo and the right, olives. So right. this was kind of the... This uh, house was unreal. This, I mean, it, it's almost like a museum. And I actually have a poster of it at home framed because they gave us olive oil and I forget what else. But they rent it out. I mean, they do rent it out. Yeah. You know, they do have their own um, yeah. olive oil and, uh, and wine. I'm going to rent this out for Amanda's wedding. If I ever decide to get married. Arrivederci. <laughs> What is it with you and Italian men? They fall at your feet. It's such a shame. So this, basically... This was a fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Having the car in the shot? The car in the shot and also the weather was a problem. And it's a pretty simple scene, but it just took us a long time. And now here's the restaurant scene, which was originally uh, after the pool scene. And I think it helps us because it sort of gets the relationship between Chris and Amanda. It develops a little more before we have the restaurant scene. But this is, for me, typical, wonderful kind of 50s kind of romantic comedies with the two romantic leads sort of bantering back and forth. And what type did you have me pinned down for exactly? Well, I was leaning towards elitist Oxford prig. But now that you mention it, self-satisfied do-gooder works as well. Amanda's hips look great in this shot. Thank you. (laughs) I was just thinking the same same thing. Uh, And... Vanessa, as you can see, I mean, how wonderful it is because right here, besides her playing the comedy wonderful, this idea in her own subtle way, orchestrating them uh, getting together, hopefully. Lingering at the table. Yes, exactly. I respect your usage. And, you know, the prelude to sexy time. (laughs) But the other thing is, is that uh, Chris is Australian. So there was this, uh, you know, here he plays English. You know, he plays Vanessa Redgrave's grandson, so there was a whole thing of his, I don't know, looseness we tried to have to get right, and obviously the accent he does wonderfully, and uh, the degrees of, you know, sort of flirting, or we kind of blanketed it where it just works out perfectly. 
And in order for us to really get the tone right, Chris and I would give each other hand massages throughout the workday. Yeah, and which brings us to the Mueller Maneuver, which Niels Mueller came in to rewrite the script and work with me the last three or four weeks when we were down in Verona during rehearsals, and he's my, one of my dearest friends and an amazingly talented writer. And he's also a creator, an inventor. He is also, what did he Of maneuvers. Create? Oh, yes, he did, he did the maneuvers. So basically, you know, he helped us figure out some of the, the, uh, the subtleties of... The of, tension. Of the tension and how we wanted to build that. Right. And I made you argue that true love is bollocks. This is the scene after the walk home, and I think Amanda was just kind of downplaying it here, but it's, again, an important scene only because it's the start of Chris sort of warming up. Was I downplaying it? Well, I think you were kind of just being sort of just very settled and concerned and letting down your guard a little bit, you know. Because originally there's the next scene of you trying to get the key in the door. Remember? We didn't even shoot that scene. No, we didn't. That's right. Right. So this actually did both, which was set up the flirting, but also uh, talk about the concern for the grandmother. So this is the retirement home scene, which was strung with other Lorenzos. We actually added a day of Lorenzos because we felt it structurally worked better and helped us with the timing. But this is this wonderfully beautiful moment between this Lorenzo and Vanessa, and Vanessa really sort of picked the moment for when you really sort of see in her face, I think, that not only isn't this the Lorenzo, but he may be older and kind of in a retirement home or perhaps not alive anymore. And there that is. It's just amazing. For a second to talk about, you can't hear it, well, you can hear it, I can't hear it right now, is the themes. Andrea Gira wrote the score, and, you know, there's a Juliet's theme and a, and a Sophie Charlie theme and a Claire Sophie theme, and this is this wonderful theme that really sort of adds such an emotion and a subtext to the relationships here, which is uh, Vanessa trying to find her uh, long-lost love. Now, the next scene, Amanda, I think is something you should talk about in the hotel room because that was a scene that was in and out. And It was? I didn't know that. Yeah, we took it in and took it out, and a lot of it is because the writing is is very much in, nice the, moon. in the style. Yeah, that's a, a shot second unit took, and here's the hotel scene, and guess who's going to come to the door? Who's going to come to the door? Hello, fancy a spot of dinner? Hello. <laughs> Fancy a spot of dinner. Hello. Hello. Hi. Is Claire with you? No? Look at me in the work shirt. Well, that's Hair the idea. Down. You were thinking you were going to be there just writing. He comes along. But there's a lot of sexual stuff going on here that obviously... Yeah, but there's so much that was removed after you decided that it wouldn't be good in a bra and underwear. What are you talking about? Which is remember when I was when I was fighting you right. about what I was gonna wear and I wanted to be like semi naked and you said no. Right. But it works okay. 
No, I think it would have been too much there, and I think it would have been hard for an audience to think of anything but, oh, my God, something's going to happen, which is not really right. the intention of the scene. Um, but it is the intention that you guys, as as my mentor, I went to the AFI, Antonio Villani, always used to say there's always a scene in a, in a love story. It's called the balcony scene. It's where they fall for each other, which, of course, he was talking about Romeo and Juliet. I didn't really understand it, but now that I kind of made a movie that dealt with the Romeo and Juliet themes and also know where they start to fall in love. Well, this is the next scene in Siena, starting in the hotel room before, where they right. start to fall for each other. So that's coming up. First, he picks up an apple. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and actually, there was Vanessa at the other table in the scene, and we had to cut that out because it just felt the two. What? Vanessa was actually remember, sat at one of the tables in Remember the we had her at when you came back from Siena? Oh, you didn't use that. Okay. You didn't use that, but right. we once cut to her that she like is orchestrating the whole thing and pretending <laughs> that she's sleeping late, but meanwhile she's at the other table making sure you you two go off to have a day in Siena. Right, of course. Uh, carry on then. Charlie. So again, this is the hotel in the background on Chris's shot of Sienna, which is this. Ooh. And this is the sequence in Sienna. And I tried to construct it like a Woody Allen movie, which is keep each beat in its own little one shot and sort of be able to construct them in different ways. And we did change the order around, but here it really is just the acting because we have no other ways to rework the scene except just get it as a wonner. I was 10. I'm sorry. Oh God, I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. That's Goldman, as Mark Canton says. It's uh, he's a Jewish guy, Goldman. Jerry mm -hmm. Goldman, instead of the gold man. Jewish, Jewish man Jewish. in, in Siena, in the middle of a, a square, a piazza. Uh, Siena, a very huge tourist place for people to go to in the summer. So we were lucky that we were able to sort of manage with the crowds. And you'll see in the next shot, which is the Campo, the famous area where they do the Palio, which is, this is just shot with just the people there. And we tried to find a time where it didn't feel like it was chaos. And again, this is the scene, this sequence is where they're connecting and falling for each other in a way. So not only is it romantic, it's also, I think, very very sweet, so. It's been about a year since I've seen Patricia. And you broke up with her. Are you insinuating that I'm more the type to be dumped rather than do the dumping? White tape. What do you mean? White tape was here. You saw white tape? Remember white tape? <laughs> what was that, white tape? White tape. It gave you white tape. White tape? Hangman. Oh, right, 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 white tape. Ah, oh, pen. Red pen. <laughs> uh, this is the ice cream scene, and actually, you know, on the paper... Long time. It feels uh, a long, long time. It feels like the... You know, it would come off as a little too broad and a little too cheesy for the movie, but I think uh, you guys just were able to actually just get the right amount of playfulness without it feeling like I was in Daddy Daycare or another movie. Well, Chris and I had done some acting exercises that morning, and we really connected, really connected to the ice cream 
uh, element. <laughs> yes, when you picked your flavors, I knew it was going to be a, a you know strawberry and vanilla. Why would he pick? <laughs> Never mind. Well, I needed something colorful, so uh, you know, and I think when he suggested chocolate, you said what? Do do. Did I say do do? <laughs> and I said don't do. Maybe I said duty. <laughs> Maybe you did. <laughs> We should get back to Claire. <laughs> so, again, we're back to the Lorenzos, and this was done quickly, and this is uh, Sylvia. I was in such a bad mood, bad, bad mood that, yeah, that scene, because we were told that we were going to get out early to play tennis. Oh, right. right. Which we did that night. Yeah, no. We played tennis. And we lost. Gary Winnick and, and Amanda Seifert against yeah. Vanessa Redgrave and Dominic Cooper. Yep, we lost that night only to win the following morning. <laughs> yes, we did at 6 a.m. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hardcore. Uh, this scene uh, is shot in New York in December, and it was kind of... Notice um, a haircut. Yes. It was, it was. The idea was that for them to connect after Sienna, we were missing that because the next time really is their kissing. So this idea that we were missing a moment of them really sort of taking the relationship a little further in their need for the audience to see that they really are meant to sort of end up together. This is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think it's destiny that I'm here right now. With Claire. Of course. So this is a song that just had to make the movie. It's the uh, Italian version of I'm a Believer. Is this the one I had to sing in ADR? Yes. Poorly? Yeah, it yeah. there was the thing where they wanted the characters to sing, which would have been... <laughs> that's a creepy shot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Scene. That's a really creepy shot. Can we take that out? I, uh, <laughs> of course, looking in the mirror. I if I saw a guy looking at me like that, I would be creeped out. You're right. It's going to look better than that. <laughs> Oh, really? Kind of looks like the Joker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of creepy. <laughs> For those of you not creeped out by Chris Egan before that shot, prepare to be. Exactly. The old rearview mirror. <laughs> the old linger smile. Here, which is interesting here, that's totally ad-libbed, and I guess it's just when you work with these great actors, things happen. And I'm not talking about Vanessa Redgrave. I'm talking about Chris Egan here doing a little Italian. Right, Dove o Satrova. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know where he pulled that out from. And, and then Amanda follows it up later in the uh, farm scene. <laughs> this is totally second unit, which is great. I'm glad they did that and they did a good job. So just to get us to the cemetery here, and what's wonderful about this cemetery is you can't tell that it's a cemetery from here. Cool. Um, and then Vanessa really wanted this moment, which, you know, we couldn't get during the shoot. And we I think it was the last thing we shot, actually, remember? No, the last thing we shot was her with the wine. But this was in a totally different location. It was for her to see the moment of that this is a cemetery. And I'm glad we did it. This scene was completely ADR'd, which, of course, was one of the most difficult scenes in the film. And these guys did amazing. This is what I feared the most. Charlie, we don't even know if it's him. I hope it's not. I hope it's not. Either way, we're finished. We're no, done. not here. Well, when, when, when do we stop? 
over the next hill or the next scour the whole country. You know, also we should just mention how hot it was because I just remember to that day too. I mean, it was like 100 degrees most of the time and we were outdoors the whole time. So just the way that we were able to actually keep doing the good work and not... But also, I'm, I'm surprised you got this scene with any of our eyes open. We're right. all very... Right, light-eyed right, and it's yeah. sensitive and right. difficult and it actually is really frustrating for an actor because you can't actually act you know in your purest form because because right, you're the, squinting yeah, yeah. Right. the physical right. the trouble. limitations yeah no and that actually that's a good point because that happened a lot in the wedding scene where <laughs> oh my god in the wedding well maybe we'll share that the wedding <laughs> okay, scene okay when we get to that remind me about the old garbage bag the garbage bag story <laughs> Get that actress. Get her out of there. He's a one-bagger. No, uh, it's awful. And this scene, I chose not to put music on it, which, you know, you could have easily put some music score on it and it would have been emotional, but I just felt the acting and, and the drama was so so good that we could should play the scene without the music and then bring music on into the next scene and it would even be stronger in the next scene for not having music here. It's kind of just one of the things I feel like I've learned over the years, and some people do it this way, some people do it the other way. So here's the hairbrushing scene, which I, you know, again, just can't compliment Amanda enough, but I do that mostly, not in public, but because she's so amazing. But the scene here, I mean, the emotion, it's just, we did it a fair amount of times, and it's really emotional, and I just can't see that as being easy to do. and. We had so many wonderful choices because each time was a little different, but just every... The, yeah, the first times are always better than the... You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we picked the first one because uh, you were able to just choose the degrees of of sadness and crying. That we, it was just really hard to kind of... And, and even in your voice, the way the vulnerability uh, manifested each time was a little different vocally and stuff. It was just really wonderful to just pick. Thanks. You know. I think I was thinking about, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna make a joke during this scene. Okay. Again, you know, there's the acting, there's the lighting, which is Marco, which how beautiful this is, and, and all of Marco's crew. And, uh, you know, and then the design, I mean, you know, this was just a hotel room, and it looks like a hotel room, but what Stuart Wurzel did with it was between the repainting and moving things around, and it just makes it all feel, helps the storytelling in terms of the drama and the emotion. One of the great joys in life. And this is a scene, I think, where we could have afforded to hang on it another 20 seconds and we still would have been fine but you know I just um, I don't know I just feel I don't want to give away all the emotion in one scene I want it to build and there was more to be built on with these two actually Charlie say you're sorry continuity with wine glasses is was really difficult that's what I learned on this this day yes I mean the other thing, too, is why you like to put a couple of cameras in there is just to help you out with the continuity because, you know, you can't match them take to take, but if you have two cameras, then you can use whatever take, and it's easier. But, yeah, this was not so easy to cut because of the uh, continuity. 
And also we actually changed the scene around. It was a longer scene. There was a whole beat about, so where are you two going next? And all that kind of stuff. It won't happen again. Sophie, I... What time of day does this take place? It's supposed to be like 6 o'clock, 6.30. This idea of, you know, before the evening and you went to the cemetery, like around 12 o'clock and then around 3 o'clock you were brushing the hair and then around 6 you're having the drink. And then you toast and it becomes night. Do we toast in this scene? Did yep, we get there? Yep, here we go. So, and the, the, star, the bubbles turn into stars. And here we are at nighttime, and you know. The only reason, can I say, that you have bubbles turning into stars is because we begged them to give us real champagne because they had nothing that actually looked anything like champagne. That's totally true. Thank and, you. And ginger ale is the old movie champagne. It just doesn't do it. I don't think they have in Italy ginger ale. So, you know, obviously this is the scene where I think the audience and me as the storyteller sort of want to build build it as much as I can, but sort of really give them the kiss that's kind of what they've been wanting. We're now over an hour into the movie that they kind of feel like kiss, kiss already. So hopefully we get that. And I think it was uh, actually this is something was a, a effect shot because we couldn't photograph the stars like this. Why not? I, I don't know, maybe it's too dark. Stars aren't bright enough, I guess. Do you think he's out there? Lorenzo? Yeah. And, you know, Marco's idea to shoot this, connect them with the two overs, but beyond the, the level of the ground. I like these. It's really nice, and, and the long lens kind of really makes it very intimate with the background being out of focus, and then I wanted to do this Hollywood kiss, which is, you know, the standard Hollywood kiss is the 50-50 objective shot. <laughs> and here we have it, but it's from above. You are a film student. I am. I love film. Film teacher. Yeah. You really know what you're doing. Oh, sometimes I do, and sometimes I can only get better. That's the truth. And I can go back and forth. Yeah. Well, I think for... Actors, it's it's trickier because certain roles you can only sort of go as far as you can go. So here's the, the Hollywood kiss, and you know I just we just did this I think two or three times because I wanted it to play real, but yet this idea of how uncomfortable it is, and I mean Amanda, talk a little about sort of what you're going through there. Well, because um, look at it, it's amazing. It's beautiful, but I mean I do have to say it is really awkward when when you're. You know, if you're promised to somebody else and you fall in love with somebody else and, and, and you know, you're completely torn between two worlds and there's that moment of truth and then all of a sudden you are too overwhelmed, you have to walk away. Yeah, it had to be realistic. The reaction to that had to be realistic. Right. I mean, it's not like I was just going to run away like in a lot of movies. I mean, I did exactly what I would have done. Right, and that's as scripted. It was you running away, and everyone said, "Well, how are you going to handle it?" And I said, "Listen, I'm sure. <laughs> not going to run away." I mean, yeah. I'm sure this is you're going to have to do it real, and it's going to look really kind of romantic and conflicted, and you know, you can get all the beats that they want. So I'm really glad because it worked out, and it was there was no coverage on that once you sort of after the, once you start kissing. So just that's all actor. 
kissing Chris Egan's really um, challenging. <laughs> I had to do it a few times in this movie, so yeah, I was um, I was definitely one of the biggest challenges on this movie. Well, um, that and being in Italy. Yeah, now it's interesting because Chris told me the same thing, so that's mm. weird. Well, we were definitely on the same page. Got it. Fantastic, darling. The stars were spectacular for my wedding. So basically, you know, this part of the story is now Vanessa has sort of accomplished what she had, and we actually had a little bit of a moment. Did you two sleep well last night? Uh, which we took out just because... Um, took it out? Yeah, because we got a huge oh. laugh, and this the stars were spectacular for my room last night. So we felt like, you know, that is good enough, and it's kind of the next narrative beat of... <laughs> I have this scene on my flip camera because you shot it while we were rolling camera. <laughs> right. And I was able to show my dad. Oh, really? And my dad was just still blown away that I was working with Vanessa Redgrave, even though I showed it to him in my hotel room in Italy. After he'd met her, he's like, ah, oh, she's so funny. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, Daniel. Well, Daniel, oh. Charlie, stop. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so, you know, this scene, we had two days to shoot, and obviously the biggest scene in the movie in terms of the climax of the resolution for uh, for this plot, and also, you know, Franco, Nero, and Vanessa Redgrave are married and reunited, and so this idea of this particular moment happening, and felt, you know, I felt privileged to be able to to be a part of it. This is where I speak Italian. Yeah, this is a little dove by Citrova. Having a little bit of trouble. <laughs> He didn't speak any English. Really? Yeah. He had a very... Daniel had to translate. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the idea is that there are generations of Lorenzo Bartolini's, and so... Hi, Daniel. Junior, junior. And, uh, <laughs> we are, we're looking for a Lorenzo Bartolini. I am Lorenzo Bartolini. He's Lorenzo, too. Do, do you have a father also named Lorenzo? Yes, he went out riding. What can I do for you? This is when we realize that Lorenzo actually really does exist. Right. Now, this next moment with Franco riding up in the horse was a big discussion because everyone thought it would be right out of a, you know, a cheesy... Hitchcock Dan movie. No, out of, a <laughs> out of a Daniel Steele book or whatever that kind of thing is. And so I just... But I just know how to approach it any other way. Was he just going to walk around the corner and stuff like that? I mean, if I had to do it over again, maybe I wouldn't have had him... Come on, him, right. Taylor Swift song... Like, it's not a trailer. It's, the it's trailer Andrea's wouldn't have score. been the same. The trailer wouldn't have been the same. That's true. So we've recut it a lot of ways to finally, hopefully, get it to where it's emotional. And if it is a laugh, it's a good laugh. It's not a laugh taking the audience out of the movie. It's a laugh because they're laughing because they're so joyous of the moment here. And I originally had longer shots of Franco. Oh, I love this shot of her. Franco uh, riding. Look at her. And this, yeah. I mean, this is just so. Here's this moment. <laughs> Okay, you. <laughs> wow. So this is the little boy saying what he just saw, and he says it in Italian. We didn't subtitle it, and we kind of just 
had the music play over it so you don't really hear it because we know what's going on. Romeo, save me. No, not yet, Amanda. <laughs> we have a Taylor Swift song in the movie and it comes uh, Wait, it's actually later. in the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Love Story? Love Story. Wow. And the, I love that, Taylor. And two Colby Collettes. I like her, too. One she wrote for the movie called What If, and the first one that we heard were the titles was You Got Me, which was from her other album. So, you know, this walk could have been as long as, you know, we totally covered it in every direction. So really beautiful. And, you know, we were very, very lucky. And Vanessa was very, very kind and gracious about the light and doing it, you know, when it was just perfect lighting. So we just didn't shoot it uh, on the same days. And it was very, you know, it's kind of a movie thing, but still, it's not an easy thing to do, especially in a scene like this. To, He's such a stallion. Yeah. Good so what? And you know, there was discussion whether they were gonna speak at all. And so Vanessa and Franco finally agreed that they should say the few words that they said. That's how it is in the film. And then the big wide shot. Kind of the curtain, which is, you know. And see. Move me to tears. Okay, so here's the lunch after. And, you know, all of this is very impromptu. There's Daniel and uh, Teach, you know, all ad-libbed kind of thing. And then, you know, unfortunately, everything at this location had to be 80-yard, which is dubbed. Cicadas. Yeah, cicadas, which are not very consistent and loud. So this is Franco's speech redone. Not very consistent or considerate. Or, yes. (laughs) The filmmaking. The C words. Or... (laughs) their grandson, Charlie, and their lovely friend, Sophie. Franco. Yes, Franco's directed movies, been in like 157 movies, so it was, and actually being married to Vanessa, it was wonderful to have him around. I felt like it it gave a really nice... Energy. Energy to the set. And there's a whole other thing happening, obviously, in this scene between Amanda and Chris that we photographed and here you'll see a little bit of there Amanda looking you know just to kind of keep that tension going but it's really about the reunion here there was a scene that followed that scene that you'll hopefully see on the DVD extra there's a wonderful scene of Franco talking about uh, when he was younger and having been heartbroken by not being able to be with Vanessa after they fell in love but it just felt like at this point of the story as beautiful a scene it was that we really want to get to Amanda and Chris what was going on there which was this obviously this either hopefully get together scene or leave each other scene well bad luck eh you know we kind of trying to stretch it out way more than actually was acted in terms of this idea of Amanda hoping that he just says something like, please stay, let's give this a try. And Charlie hoping that Amanda says something. Hope that comes through. I think it does. I hope so. I mean, I think it's partly the genre, so people sort of expect that. But, you know, we built these moments, which which I think 
dramatize that. And the score is there. Yeah, me too. Sophie, I am... I, I never... This location, I hate to say, which, of course, this scene takes place here. About 15, 20 minutes of the movie takes place here, and the wedding takes place here, was not the ideal location. We found a wonderful location in the other side of Tuscany. Uh, that was a little further, but it was just more suited for all of our angles, and it laid out wonderfully for the wedding, for this scene, for all this stuff, and then at the last second, the owner... Pulled out. What was that person's name? It's blacklist them. He is. He'll never work in this town. And but this is Zesty. It's um. That's the wine that they make there. And what this this. That's place. the home. Yeah. And oh. a lot of people vacation there. It's so beautiful. It's. Yeah, but you see, there's too many cypress trees. You see that tree on the left and the. Well, brick for a and... movie, but not. Right, for, right. It for is a beautiful place, but in our angles, we were fighting this a lot, and it's very upscale, and the idea that Franco worked the farms and stuff and became. You know, a wine guy. Looks like a dump to me, really. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm uh, Claire. I can't take you away from this place. So you know, again, Amanda had to ADR this, which is not can't be easy because it's, you know, it was so. Does it always look like I have black hair whenever underneath? Yeah. We worked hard on that in DI. Thank you. So this is the goodbye, and there was a whole moment but if you keep them together and then you cut away like we did which we came up in the cut in the editing you really f it feels more emotional which which is you know that they didn't disconnect or they didn't sort of let go of that that emotion and then there they are thank you i'll be eternally grateful Very kind. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. You're always welcome here. Thank you. So this was a big discussion. You know, Chris sort of in the background there and when he comes up and trying to sort of make that work, but yet be able to stay with Amanda. And I was trying to use the splendor in the grass scene with Natalie Wood, uh, which is this next shot right here. Uh, and her in the car alone, and but then Daniel has to look over to me. The whole scene. Puff. Oh no, that's right. Poof. <laughs> Just like that. This again, all ADR, and we had to keep doing it because of unfortunately it's very hard to lip sync this. But Vanessa and Chris got it great. It's even almost be it's better than the production actually. And then the idea is if Charlie's going to go follow Amanda, well, we had to make sure that the car's out of the way and that we didn't feel like the chase element of Chris chasing Amanda, which, of course, they're not that far apart in terms of distance. So we tried to create a sequence where you get the sense where Charlie's becoming the heroic figure chasing Amanda, but it's not like he's trying to, you know, sort of stop her in the middle of the highway. So the idea is that we didn't cut back and forth between 
you know, Amanda's drive, and Charlie's drive, and back and forth. So then we just show up here, which would be like an hour later. And Charlie, of course, knows exactly where Amanda lives. Hey, how'd that happen? It's the magic of movies. But hopefully at this point in the movie, when you're in the third act of a movie, you know, you're not thinking about the logic. And hopefully it's the emotion that's carrying it. So here he sees her and Victor comes out. And then we get to play this moment. That was Chris's first moment in the movie. I remember he told me that oh, what really? he had done was terrible and he was really kind of frustrated no. about it, but actually this is his finest work. Well, you know, what's uh, it's kind of back to the old, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm such a film school guy, but it's back to that old thing of you can have an emotion and what you sandwich, what the images you put before and after will evoke what emotion the actor's doing. So I really feel that's a perfect example of that. You see Amanda on the balcony, cut to his face, and then Victor comes out, and you see them hug, and you're going to see that Chris is obviously... Uh, you know, very distraught. There was a whole other sequence here of going tonight and stuff, but it just seemed very simple that all we had to do was be on Amanda, you know, exactly, you know, what she's feeling, and then we cut, get to New York. And so now we're in New York, and we're going to try to pay off the plot line of Amanda wanting to write and writing this wonderful story. You know, this is always tricky in romantic comedies of trying to balance this plot line, which is, you know, not really the central plot line. And especially in this story, we have Vanessa and Franco as a main plot line, and then we have Charlie, we have uh, Chris and Amanda. So then the idea of her getting published, you know, there's not that much real estate, as we call it, to sh dramatize that. So we had the few scenes to do it, but I actually think that, you know, it's executed as well as it could be. And since we didn't have, you know, you checking into Oliver as you were going, and cutting to Oliver saying, where's that story, Alfred? Don't, don't think about writing, you know, keep fact-checking. We get this, which we added. Ten degrees, I think. Ten degrees. I got it got 15, colder. Yeah. Ten degrees. Yeah. There it is, little smoke. Oh. <laughs> and now this was the summer. Smoke and smile. <laughs> and again, I wanted to have, you know, a big moment here with Amanda walking down the streets, but, you know, and other streets, you know, like she's traveling to get here, but... We just took the same sidewalk and just added a little length to it. Tra I like this scene. Traffic all ADR, but you guys nailed the scene okay. the first time. You know, it was like one or two takes and we were done. Mm. I don't gotta read it. I I I wanna read it when it comes out. No. Wrong answer. You know, what's interesting, though, this relationship, it's the same beat, which is basically him getting self-absorbed and consumed by the restaurant and leaving Amanda alone, isolated. But because they're so wonderful doing it and Gael just sort of adds that energy to it, it's just you still can see why she would stay, at least in my opinion. You still can see why there would be. And so unless this story happened, which it happened with Vanessa and Franco, you still might be there, right? Mm -hmm. That's Hillary. My college sweetheart. Ah, Hillary. Yes. Never put her in a movie, finally. So now maybe 
Maybe she'll forgive me. Bryant Park. Bryant Park. So this is where the Taylor Again. Swift. And we had options whether whether Amanda opens the envelope or is reading it, or we just wanted to make sure we had every possibility because it was such a big moment. And, you know, now's Bill Panka, wonderful, did a wonderful job editing, created a sequence here with as you read the letter, you look at this couple that reminds you of Claire and Lorenzo, and then he cut to all these images of you and Charlie, sort of in Siena and Foley, and it was this montage. It was so beautifully done, but it just, in the end, it felt like it just wasn't our movie in a way, because it would have been, we've never done that before, that style. 20 degrees. Uh, 20 degrees. <laughs> And, you know, it would have been wonderful if I could have panned with you down the street and stuff like that, but there were no leaves on the trees. So now this is the restaurant, Stuart's amazing job of making... It's amazing. went from pasta, <laughs> rubber bands on the ceiling, and now look at this. Uh, overnight. Overnight. <laughs> hey, Sophie, how you doing? Everything all right? This is a difficult scene, and I know Amanda and Gael, you know, huge input on sort of how to make this breakup scene work, feel real, feel like the audience will sort of stand behind it and also actually sort of not drag us down, which is right now the audience is kind of at the wedding, you know. Right, and you just simplified it, you guys, right? I mean, that's how you did it, right, Amanda? Yeah, I mean... It was a lot more dialogue. It was a lot more dramatic, yeah. It sometimes works better when you, you know, just simplify. But if it was real life, this wouldn't be the last time you would see him, right? I mean, you would then call him in a week from now or something like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so... Or would try calling him. <laughs> right, exactly. I really don't know what this is anymore. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, we went on vacation and we didn't spend any time. He's the best actor of our generation. It's unreal. No, it is. It is amazing. And Niels, Niels Mueller, who was there writing and in, in rehearsals with us, who also directed a movie, wrote and directed a movie with Sean Penn called Assassination of Richard Nixon, said, "You know what? Him and Sean are like the best actors, you know." And so to sort of be in that that league, I guess I'll put Daniel Day Lewis there too. But there's, you know, he's up. Gail's amazing. Daniel? Did you say Daniel? I did say, oh. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but here it is. I mean, again, I didn't need music. I ended up putting a little music here because everyone's like, you can't do it without music. But the music's very subtle. But the acting's so strong. Because face, it's so scary when you break up with somebody. It's so, so terrifying, <laughs> chilling because you don't know how they're going to react. And the way he's reacting is, you know, scary at one, because you, you're not, his face isn't moving at one point, which is just so realistic. Right. And then he softens. Thank goodness. Then I, I walk away with um. I wish I would have shoulders. been able to get Gael to sort of get back to work a little bit, just because it... No, come on. Oh, really? No, I'm Thank so you. glad he didn't. 
Oh, look, there's me in the um, car yeah. I drive. Yes, it is. It's actually the car I drive in real life. Really? Yeah. We didn't bring it over to Italy, though. No. No, I mean, I drive a, the, uh, the, the an Audi. Audi, black Audi. Yeah. Actually, that's an A, A4. I drive a TT. We changed the tower because we had to, so we oh, added right. a little couple of tele. There's that hairdo that took way too long to create and kind of. But it's the Juliet hairdo. I yeah, mean, but so I'm... the dress and the hairdo were a big deal in this scene, obviously, because you know not only is it a wedding, so we wanted you to look, but it's the last scene where you guys get together, and so it was a huge, I don't know, weeks and weeks, if not months, of of figuring out the dress. And ultimately, I think it's amazing. You look beautiful, and it's the right choice for the movie. Where did you get in? Where are you staying? Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. Well, no need. You'll stay here. Lorenzo wouldn't have it any other way. I hope so. How is... How many days did that wedding take to film? Um, well, you know, the wedding is... I think it's 14 minutes of the movie between 12 and 15 minutes in the movie, so it's a fair amount of the Four movie. Four days? <gasps> That's my best friend, Ashley. That's Ashley, who we're having dinner with tonight. Yep, she's in town Great. visiting me. Excellent. Um, and basically, we had to shoot certain things at certain times of the day, since it's so outdoors, and Marco wanted it to look beautiful, and he did an amazing job. I guess part of that, and Chris Carreras, the AD, figured out how to work around the light. So... You know, here you have backlit here and then backlit for Chris. I mean, it's just really spectacular. So, you know, the four days we had was kind of tough because we were just, we have to do this now, we have to do that now. We're running around a lot in this one location. This is a very, very, very small church that seems not so small on film, so it worked out, but it's hard to shoot it. This is the secretaries. Oh, the kissing always takes so long. Yes. And, you know, the secretaries never really, for me, paid off where a way that I felt there was a moment here to be had, you know, because they were the ones who orchestrated the whole thing, there's really. There's Daniel. And there's Daniel and Franco and uh, Don Bernadetto. Yeah, Franco's there, too. And this is, you know, I how to shoot these wedding scenes so that's pretty straightforward but wow it, the green in the back too from the from the cypress trees yeah so pretty oh good 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 look at that that's amazing look there's me and ashley yeah. ashley and me yeah. that guy behind me he's the masseuse what do you mean he did he's actually a masseuse and we invited him to the set to Oh, really? And he was the one who gave you a massage oh, at the yeah. Borgo? Oh, yeah. Oh. So the ring hopefully gets a significance here, the metaphor of, of their love from when they were younger. And this little beat here, we did it a fair amount of times just because each time was different and, uh, you know, it's a nice sort of moment. And now the wedding scene, which means that Claire is going to read the letter that Sophie wrote. And the movie's almost over. That's what it means. It means garbage bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. So these tables here, incredibly bright, and obviously 
We had a lot to shoot, and we had multiple cameras, so we were able to shoot other tables at the same time. But clearly our hero table, which is Amanda and all the secretaries. Daniel. And then there's the dais here, which is where Franco gives a speech and also where Vanessa reads a letter. But it was so bright that uh, it was hard for Amanda to see. And of course, I like to wear white t-shirts because James Dean wore white t-shirts and Monty Cliff wore white t-shirts. So, uh, but of course, Amanda <laughs> would only see white, which meant her eyes would squint. So what does a director do who cares about being right there so the actor can do her best work? What did I do? You ran. I ran. And you grabbed a garbage bag. And I put it over my head. Don't you popped worry. a hole in it. I popped a hole in it. I popped a hole in it. So I was garbage bag man. It was the quickest I've seen you run. <laughs> That's right. And um, the quickest I've seen your brain work. It's true. Which was, I mean, you really were on it. I was on it. I was like, I used everything on that one. Never seen a director move so fast. <laughs> well, it was annoying because, look, you can see it right there, how hot... And the tablecloth's white, so it's not helping you either. And I was also getting really upset with myself, which means my behavior was just completely uh, on edge. Right, just... right. So here's the letter, and, you know, a really wonderful moment in the film. We had to ADR it because of the cicadas, so we did spend a lot of work on the letter again. And then cutting this, obviously, took a fair amount of work because we had options and we wanted to make sure that the moment between... Amanda and Chris looking at each other and what they're feeling. Uh, you can just see out. Sophie break down at this point. It's like right, and that's I mean that's this is your big moment in terms of basically realizing that you know you came here hoping that something would happen with you and and Charlie and and there's Ashley, who's you know you can't get past Ashley. Jeez, come on. No, no, it's true. I try all the time. Yeah. But I'd like to believe, if I ever were to feel it, that I'd have the courage to seize it. And Claire, if you didn't, I hope one day that... They lock eyes, and the music plays, and, uh, you know, we had it where we had more looks, and, you know, it's one of those things where through the editing and through showing it to people, you're going to get the right balance. This is me crying because it's so bright. <laughs> Don't confuse it with emotion. That's Chris's famous clap. seen Amanda run away and goes after her. Now, this is the most fascinating thing to me, which is, you know, Chris is going after her, which is what he should do. And when we show this next shot here... Oh, no. ...which is not this one, but when he comes running around, here he goes, and I just thought that was wonderful. He, he comes into the foreground there, and then we reveal the balcony, which is obviously the Romeo and Juliet. Well, the preview audiences laughed so hard and thought that this was the most cheesy, ridiculous thing, which I thought it was just so in spirit of the movie. So we had to add this shot right here, which we shot just a month ago, to him to say, to acknowledge the joke, ah, a balcony. So now, at least if he says, oh, a balcony, how ridiculous, then the audience says, okay, there's a joke here, so they don't have to sort of laugh and say, this is 
um, not not good storytelling, which of course I didn't get it, but the fact that there was a problem, we were able to hopefully fix it, and I think that was the best way to just you know answer the question before they ask it, and obviously that's how we did it. So this is the big scene of, um, and to me this is great writing, great acting, and it's just very romantic comedy like in the best form, which is you know what you want to see when the two characters get together at the end of the movie. You really consider this a romantic comedy? I consider the romantic comedy, the genre of it in terms of the structure is romantic comedy. Right. But there's more of a love story element to it that the, you know, girl has guy, girl meets other guy, girl dumps guy, you know, and girl gets guy again. That, I feel, is structurally right, but our movie plays differently, so it plays more romantic. But when you do a scene like this, which is kind of written like a lot of great romantic comedies, I immediately say, okay, I'm in a, you know, I'm in this movie now. There's only one Sophie. Now, would you please come down? So this is Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. (laughs) This is Stuart Wurzel building these vines with his great crew to actually, uh, you know, make it so this scene is possible for him to climb. And then there's actually, since he falls off the vine, there's actually a vine that actually sort of is on a hinge. So he doesn't kill himself, but yet he can do his own stunt. Do you remember when you did the stunt underneath the big truck, under the wheel? <laughs> so you did have pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. so do I. <laughs> Carrie, you're really, you're just, you've just got balls, like the size of, what the size is, of a yoga ball. Why do you say that? Just because you do your own stunts. I do my own stunts. And you're the director, and you don't even need to. Well, you know, what can I say? I feel like I have to set an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. You are the leader, the father figure. So, you know, ten, nine, eight. Um, So, Chris, I think the dialogue's wonderful. I mean, and looking in in Amanda's eyes, and it's just, just, just sort of, you couldn't get better than that for. At least for me, I can't do better than that. And I don't think uh, many movies do better than that moment. This is a strange moment here. As much as it's wonderfully written, wonderfully acted, Chris, I didn't notice it, and Chris didn't move, so it kind of looks like he could be paralyzed from the head down. It's his acting. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's totally me. I should have had, like, a from here to eternity moment where he, like, rolls her over or something, but... Uh, so we kind of tried to do with sound effects and with some of his ADR, like, I'm okay kind of thing. I can't believe I did that to make it soften the fact that basically from, from the neck down, from the waist down, he's not moving. So he doesn't end up in a wheelchair. And so this is the last crane shot. And there it is, the wedding guests are coming and Franco and Vanessa lead the way and why is everybody running so far after he fell well the idea was that you know the comedy of them seeing them kiss and how happy they are for this for the new couple <sighs> so I feel very very lucky and I just have to say what an amazing cast I had Amanda and everybody else but Caroline Kaplan who produced this movie who brought me along and Ellen Barkin as well. I just am deeply, deeply grateful that I had the opportunity to not really make a romantic comedy, but to make a wonderful love story. Thanks, Gary.
I mean, for all your commentary, but also, I just want to say I have, wouldn't have done this movie without you. Well, hopefully many, many more if I'm around. Long, long time. All right, long, long time. Okay. But can we just add, you can put this in at any point, Gary and I had one of the best nights of our lives together. That's true. It's amazing. Elton John concert. Oh, my God. That Elton John. I got pictures, and, yeah, something happened incredibly special between, for me, and it was with Amanda. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Elton John. Thank you. I think well. it's going to be a long, long, long time. time. Yep. Red pen. Red pen. Thank you. Bye.